250 for a highball and a buck and a half for a beer. You have stumbled into the Taking All Wrong podcast. I am JD. He is Jeffrick. How are you doing this fine evening, sir? Doing well, my friend. Doing uh, very well. Better than uh, a lot of Big Ten teams, apparently. Yeah, great. So let's get right into that. Uh, Obviously, the Big Ten, as uh, you may or may not know, probably do know, the uh, took a drubbing this weekend. Uh, Nebraska falling to Troy. Um, we had Maryland, uh, who we'll talk a little bit more about later, uh, losing to Temple uh, badly. And bad, really badly. Yeah, really badly. Uh, and, of course, uh, most importantly, uh, the Wisconsin Badgers fall at home to Brigham Young University. Jeffrick, oh, your thoughts. Are, do we have that right? Because we heard all off season from Wisconsin fans that this is the year. They were a legitimate, not just Big Ten contender, but a national title contender, a playoff contender. That lasted barely three weeks. Yeah. I have to tell you, the 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 enjoyment of Saturday, the of winning just a very easy game for the Gophers over Miami of Ohio. And then sort of as that game was winding down uh, to have the Wisconsin news come through. And then they put the, they put the missed field goal and the score up on the scoreboard uh, at the bank and, and everybody in the stadium just went nuts. That's awesome. It was awesome. It, It got as much of a cheer as anything that happened that day. And I heard, uh, I believe through the grapevine, it might have been from Frothy that somebody said uh, same thing at uh, Michigan. Uh, they put the score up on the on the uh, jumbotron, and uh, same thing. Uh, just everybody cheered when Wisconsin lost. And I talked to a Nebraska fan this morning uh, who told me he just loves to see Wisconsin lose. So um it's a it's a special thing for everybody around the conference i'm not quite sure why that is but uh, when wisconsin loses the uh the whole of the big 10 rejoices so that was uh that was fun yeah that that made a good day and a good gopher win just that much better absolutely absolutely well let's talk a little bit about the gophers specifically we talked last week about uh, heading into this game. The Gophers were favored uh, by about 14 points over at my bookie. And uh, don't forget that Taken All Wrong is brought to you by my bookie. Um, and my bookie has actually upped the ante now. Um, they've been getting just slammed with new betters over there, and they want to give everybody the, the best service possible and give everybody a bonus who's coming in from the Armchair All Americans Network. So what they're doing is if you're willing to make your deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central Time, they're going to give you an additional $25 in free play on deposits over $100. So uh, in addition to the matching uh, one-to-one, you will also get an additional $25. You need to use the promo code wrong 25 so previously it was just wrong now it's wrong 25 uh place your deposit after 7 p.m eastern time 6 p.m central uh any evening and you will and using the promo code wrong 25 you will get an additional 25 dollar bonus on top of um on top of your deposit so my bookie uh go ahead and check them out and remember to use the promo code wrong 25 so jeff 
Gophers cover the spread uh, easily. They cover that 14. They end up winning by uh, 23. Um, yep. Wasn't the prettiest game, specifically from an offensive standpoint. Um, you know, we uh, Zach Anikstead, uh hurt his ankle early in the game, was hobbled a little bit. Um, I think from an offensive standpoint, we probably left some points on the field. Uh, but what are what are your thoughts on the game and and just um, even in general, just kind of starting to look at what this non-conference schedule sort of means for the Gophers as we start to look ahead to Big Ten play? I think for me, it's a good reminder to all of you who pray and whatever you pray to, please pray for good health for the Gopher starters. Um, we got a taste of Tanner Morgan there late in that second half, and uh, we really need Zach Anikstad to be healthy. Um, it's boy, he was he he struggled a bit, but Zach, despite the ankle and everything else he had going on, looked pretty good. I thought they moved the ball well. Um, overall, look, they took care of business like I thought we would. Tyler Johnson was outstanding. Um, but yeah, I, I think just seeing Anikstead go down and, and play a bit gimpy there for the rest of the time he was in and then Morgan come in and the offense really struggled, just showed us kind of how close we can be to, uh, to things not looking great if uh, we have a few injuries here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we know that this is not a, a deep team. Um, you mentioned it with, uh, the quarterback play, um, pretty significant drop off. And part of that's just. You know, Anikstead has experience now, right? But the other part of it was uh, I t- we talked about this uh, earlier in the year when there started to be some video of Anikstead and Morgan come out that there's a significant difference in stature of Anikstead over Morgan. And that was pretty clear on Saturday. Um, Morgan got a lot of balls batted and uh, uh, just had kind of a tough day back there. Uh, Tanner Morgan goes one for five. Uh, for 28 yards, did have an a- interception. Zach Anikstead ended up with uh, with a respectable day, especially mm-hmm. considering uh, he was hurting. 12 of 20, 142 yards, two touchdowns. And then, of course, uh, maybe the best story of the uh, early season so far, uh, Seth Green from the Wildcat gets to uh, throw another pass and throws a touchdown Seth Green, one for one, seven yards and one touchdown on Saturday. Um, so they continue to expand what they're doing with the Wildcat offense out of, uh, or excuse me, uh, with Seth Green out of the Wildcat offense. He was not moved to running back full time uh, as uh, some were, were pining for, um, but but definitely did get some, some more play back there. What were your thoughts on Bryce Williams, Jeff Rick? He looked really good, did he not? I mean, yeah. a, a breakout game for him in a lot of ways where had some room to move. Um, we've talked about the offensive line struggles uh, in previous weeks, and they were there passing in the passing game. That's still something that really needs to be cleaned up. But uh, running the ball, and especially when Anikstead uh, was going to be a total non-threat on those handoffs to keep the ball, that Williams did really well. He had a bit of, you know, he wasn't getting gobbled up right at the line of scrimmage with help, but he was still making guys miss. He was running through tacklers. Um. Yeah. Look good. I I hope that's a sign of things to come. I don't love the thirty carries, but it looks like they were also doing everything possible, um, to probably just sit Ibrahim this week and have him hopefully ready to go for Maryland, so that you will have a bit of that one-two punch at running back. Uh. But yeah, Bryce looked fantastic. Let's hope we get a lot more of that as the season goes on because we are definitely going to need it. Absolutely. And you know, I'll say this: it turns out that when you give a guy a full week to practice with the ones and give him reps in practice. 
Uh, he can he can step up, and I think Williams did that. He did a pretty good job finding the holes. He's not as as quick um, hitting those openings as Rodney Smith is, but um, finds the holes, gets some yards, um, and they you you mentioned it with the thirty three carries. They absolutely uh, rode him on Saturday. Uh, thirty three carries. Uh, Seth Green had four. Uh, other than that, one carry for Jonathan Femi Cole. So um, Bryce Williams far and away uh, the uh, getting the bulk of the carries, the bell cow for the Gophers offense. You mentioned Tyler Johnson, nine receptions, 133 yards, three touchdowns, um, including the one touchdown from Seth Green. Uh, looked very good. Uh, got open, uh, you know, made, had great yards after catch, which is something we used to just pull our hair out over. Uh, during the kill area era, so very good to see that. Um, Johnson uh, has really sort of become, uh, I don't know if I want to say a safety blanket for Anikstead, but but far and away the number one receiver. Uh, Saturday had nine receptions, uh, where Rashad Bateman was the next with three, and then Bryce Williams and Chris Ottman-Bell with, with one each. So quiet day for Rashad Bateman uh, with the three, with the three um, receptions, ended up with negative yards. Um, so, so didn't get used uh, quite as heavily, but uh, certainly expect big things out of him. Jeffrey, in general, uh, you know, you kind of said that that uh, you what happened in this non-conference is what you expected. Uh, we talked a little bit about it um, over email today, and uh, it was asked of PJ Fleck in the news conference. How does this compare this year to last year? We're, we're coming out of the non-conference. Uh, with three wins, we we had a couple of blowouts. Teams in uh, relatively good health. PJ Flex said this is not the same team. This is a different team. Last year had nothing has nothing to do with this year. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What uh, are there some parallels that we can take away? I think there are there are and there's not. If that makes sense, um, I I do think, and maybe this is the Homer answer that this team is better than a year ago. Um, certainly quarterback play, as long as we can keep Anikstead healthy, is already much better than we saw in three games um, with the Rota-Croft combo from last year that Zach has looked pretty good and is gaining confidence. Um, you know, Losing, obviously, a Rodney Smith for the year was a really tough break, but it was nice to get Williams that game to get him going before we start conference play. Uh, Tyler Johnson's been an absolute monster. Seth Green has been great in so many roles and defensively. Here we are again. I think Andy, Andy Greeter of uh, the Pioneer Press had the comparison where it's very, very similar defensive profile this year to last year. And again, we did this last year. We started 3-0. and we Everybody was feeling really good. And then they lost to Maryland on their third or fourth string quarterback and only won two games the rest of the year. Um, I think this team will be different for the reasons I mentioned. But boy... Um, we are still very, very health dependent on that, especially on defense. And that was part of why, I don't know what you think, Jared, but I think part of why things fell apart last year is when Winfield got hurt. We, He's obviously, right, like one of our best players, one of the best in the conference, such an important guy. When he went down, there was such a lack of depth in the secondary, they just couldn't shuffle people around to replace him. And while I think we're a little better and more experienced, man, oh man, you look at that depth chart, and I mean, they released it today, and it's the same as it's been for the last four weeks, but it's nothing but freshmen, you know, as backups on that too deep on defense. So God forbid if we lose any of the main guys on, you know, besides, well, even linebacker, we probably got so the wiggle room, but that secondary again is, is pretty, pretty, pretty shallow. We're at, it's a really solid starting unit. I think it should be a better defense. 
um, that should hold up better in the Big Ten than last year's did. But I, my only worry, Jerry, is just that we're really, really health-dependent again for a, for a successful season. It feels like this is a refrain of every year, right? Which is just, we're good. Uh, We're we're good with the ones, uh, but we're not deep in a lot of key areas. And, you know, it's where we are again. You hit the nail on the head with Winfield last year. I think that completely changed the complexion of this defense. Um, So so definitely we need to, uh, to maintain some health this year. I guess the other thing, you know, is just... I do agree that with these young players, we have a lot more upside. There's a, there's a lot more potential. Um, I think that they will continue to get better and, uh, and yeah, we, we need, we need them to stay healthy. And part of that is, uh, you know, sort of, uh, keeping their heads in the game, I guess, as, as a long, as a long season goes on, they're going to get through this non-conference schedule, take their first road trip out to Oregon or excuse me, out to, uh, Maryland, and then come back and, and have a week off. And, and probably a good time for a week off with Zach Anikstead, um being a little bit hobbled. But uh, we know that uh, bad things can happen during the bye week. I think PJ probably has a, a pretty decent handle on that and, and will stay in front of it. But, um, yeah, excited to, uh, to get into Big Ten play. Certainly from a talent level standpoint, uh, Maryland is going to be the, the most uh, talented team that we've seen. Um, and the team that's had, uh, you know, one of the more impressive wins, uh, even though we, we did see Fresno go out and beat UCLA this past weekend, you know, hope, makes that win over Fresno look a little bit better, even though yep. UCLA is certainly not the UCLA of old or the uh, Chip oh. Kelly teams that we're used to. But non-conference is over. It's time to get into Big Ten play. Uh, we will be talking about that uh, here I'm going to be coming back with an interview with Mr. Graham Barry. Graham is a uh, journalism student at the University of Maryland, writes for the Armchair All-Americans Network, has some insight for us on the uh, offensive line with Maryland and sort of maybe what we can expect. We're completely in the dark as far as what's going to become of this game just because of the fact that Maryland goes out and beats Texas in game one and then two games later comes back and falls to Temple. So it will be interesting to hear what – what Graham has to say. We'll also talk with Matt O'Connell before coming back uh, with Jeffrey and I talking about the Maryland game ahead. You are listening to Taken All Wrong. Welcome back to Taking All Wrong. We are excited this week to be joined by, uh, I guess, somebody coming for, uh, to us from behind enemy lines, so to speak. Uh, I reached out to the Armchair All-Americans Network today because I wanted to see if we could get a chance to speak with somebody who is uh, a Maryland expert, and I was told that uh, Mr. Graham Barry was the gentleman to speak with. How are you doing tonight, Graham? I'm good, Jeremy. I'm good. Uh, yeah, so I'm Graham Barry. I'm a senior here at Maryland uh, in the journalism school, and you know, grew up in Baltimore. Huge. Just been a Maryland football fan basically my whole life. Um, say it's not, you know, probably we're in, you know obviously newer Big Ten school, and it's I'd say Maryland football is not a priority around our states. But for us who do actually care and watch and everything, we we do have. 
we, we feel like we're knowledgeable on sure. our, our squad. <laughs> sure. Well, you're probably not unlike Minnesota then, where uh, coming from a, a basically a pro market, trying to be a college football fan, uh, people just sort of look at you funny. So we wanted to have you on because, um, you know, it's uh, I don't think anybody knows really what to make of this game uh, this weekend, including uh, Vegas. Uh, the line started out, uh, I think, Maryland uh, minus one. It's moved to minus three. Um, I just I don't know that anybody knows what to make of this game, and so wanted to bring you on and sort of, from a Maryland fan standpoint, what, what, what do you make of this team? What do you make of um, starting out the Big Ten schedule this week uh, with Minnesota coming to town? So... I feel like um the as a Maryland fan, I'd be concerned that so the first two weeks, Matt Canada, who's the interim coach, because I'm sure the whole you know everyone everyone in college football community knows uh, DJ Durkner, head coach, got is on um you know suspended because of you know the accusations and everything of falling out from the or one of our player died in a workout this spring, and so we've got so we've got the interim coach Matt Canada who was. LSU's offense quarter one time, Pitts, he's been all around. And he's supposed to be just the offensive, like, guru. So our first two games, he's basically, he's big on, Maryland has a lot of running backs. They play about four very consistently. Either they'll throw them out in the slot or handoffs. They Four guys, that's Lorenzo Harrison, Anthony McFarland, Jake Funk, and Ty Johnson all get a lot of carries and a lot of touches. And we like to do, and so, you know, he likes to, he was trying to, you know, utilize them. So there's a lot, bunch of, a lot of running in the first two games, a lot of jet sweeps. Our, uh, the quarterback for Maryland is Kasim Hill. He's a true sophomore coming off, he's coming off a ACL injury in his uh, the third game of the year last year against UCF. So he's trying to, I guess, you know, really just run the ball as much as they can so they don't want to expose him or make him mobile. But, so Maryland just was able to run the ball. Hill made great throws against Texas. And then Bowling Green, our last game, they just running the ball, running the ball, running, running it down their throat and eventually tying out, tiring out, you know, Bowling Green. But then Temple, I guess Canada just figured, we're just going to do that same Bowling Green game plan where just try to run the ball, run the ball. And Temple snuffed out every run, everything. They were in all the gaps, and they just – it felt like I was telling you earlier, but it, it was like '85 Bears or you know 2001 Ravens, where it was like they felt like when this when they snapped the ball, they're already five yards in the backfield, and it was it was it felt like they couldn't they couldn't cope with it. They didn't. It felt like they had they were like, okay, Temple's not gonna have the speed, and then somehow they got the speed, and yeah. were just and it was Maryland was suffocated. It was the worst like offensive performance Maryland's had. I, it, it was it was a shocker because I think Maryland was almost a two touchdown favorite and it was supposed to be like the last game the tune up before we get into the nine game Big Ten slate and it was just it was wild right and so one of the things was I that I saw is I I, I understand you guys were missing three offensive linemen so I would imagine mm-hmm. that probably played a little bit into having some trouble with the run so where are you guys at with those three offensive linemen heading into Minnesota the game. Um, so they're not official. There's, it's Damian Price is one of them, and they're they're not officially uh, out. 
but they're they're questionable. They haven't been determined yet. Okay, so, so all three are still questionable. Yeah, I believe so at the time. So it's that's key because you know it's all especially Big Ten play. It's all you know it's all about the line, and it's and I think it just shows how you know it's the non flashy position, but that allows all those runs, all those jet sweeps that Maryland does, and if they don't sure that up, I mean it, I. I don't know. Is it does does Minnesota have that defensive front that can will take care, uh, advantage of that, or well, what do you think there? I mean, from the standpoint of Minnesota, we're we're a pretty young team. Um, you know, run stopping is still a little bit questionable, just because we've we've pretty much played from ahead this year. So uh, mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was. Um, by the time people hear this, I think some of the DJ Durkin uh, information is going to start coming out, and I wonder if you've got any thoughts on how this is going to affect the program, if you're hearing anything, or if you think it could potentially affect this game specifically in any way. So it's supposed to come out, I believe, the 21st, which is... Oh, Friday. Okay. Friday. So that's... Thursday. My bad. Yeah. I No, I think it's... Still, at all intents and purposes, it's very close. Sure. So, I mean, this I do give like those guys, those kids are. I mean, they came out against Texas and they played their tails off and they won. So, I there, I think there is there is a toughness in that locker room. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is this is so huge because it's been. I mean, they haven't really had. They haven't had their their main coach in over a, a month so they right. i guess i guess they've settled into okay canada's running it this is how he does it but i mean if this is like he's fired and everything's getting and like this person's getting fired and that person's getting fired like a I, it's gonna be a distraction like it's just it's gotta I, wear on a team after a yeah, while it, yeah and it's just because it feels like and there's definitely because every see the thing is with every story here Whatever, like you think about this, but every source, every source has been anonymous so far. Mm-hmm. So no one's no one's actually said, a f- like, I mean, I, I guess anonymous source is still, I mean, still a source. But whatever your thoughts, but no one's officially said like I like Anthony McFarlane, our running back, has been like I believe like, Coach Shirkin did this. No one, no one has said my name or like wants their name out there. So it's. There's still like I still believe that there's tension in the locker room. Like some guys think like it was like Durkin's the worst. Some guys think like McNair did have heart problems and it was just a tragic accident. So there, I so I think this it's it's going to be a distraction and it's not going to be. And I just think it's not even like them being like soft or anything. It's just like it's going to be hard for them. So I think. Whatever happens Friday or Thursday or Friday, whenever the announcement is, it's that's gonna be a factor. So I think, honestly, I mean it's just the way it is, but I think that's gonna be helpful for Minnesota and you guys. Right. Right. Well, a lot of question marks uh, for both teams heading into this game. Maryland with uh, a fair amount of turmoil and coming off a, a bad loss to Temple. Minnesota just still. Such a young team. Uh, hasn't played on the road yet. Not, not sure what we've got when we head into Big Ten. 
play, so we're we're definitely excited about the game and started to see what happens this week. Graham, appreciate your time. Give us uh, where can we find you? Give us the uh, websites and Twitter handles and all those kind of things. Um, I just follow me on Twitter at uh, Grahamberry12. So yeah, G R A H A M Barry B E R R Y twelve. I'll be you know doing a lot of Maryland tweets. I'm a big Ravens Orioles guy, so <laughs> Orioles are not good, but Ravens are in it. I tweet about I tweet about are you are you so are you from the Minnesota area? Yes, sir. Oh, so I I mean whenever I see that fourteen in purple up in for you guys, just oh, give yeah? Stefan, oh, we love we were I was when that we caught that touchdown against the Saints, I was as excited as Amazing. you guys were. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so I'm there, and then I'm on an armchair, just armchair at the Maryland. I'll be getting some uh, articles and blogs out for the season and the basketball season. So, yeah, just follow me, Granberry12 on Twitter. There'll be, you know, I'll be tweeting about sports and everything. Perfect, perfect. Well, appreciate your time, and uh, definitely looking forward to the game this week. Make sure you follow Graham at at Granberry12 on Twitter. Follow him on Armchair All-Americans. You're listening to Taken All Wrong. We'll be right back. Tina, you fat lard, come get some dinner. Back again with Taken All Wrong podcast, and we have an oldie but a goodie with us this week. Uh, has not joined us yet this year. But uh, thought it was time to bring Mr. Matt O'Connell back to the Taking All Wrong Airwaves. How are you doing this evening? Oh, JD, I'm awesome. Uh, super pumped to be back, and glad to know that um, I don't have to compete with MV and his crazy statistical knowledge because I would really have nothing to bring, and I'd just be very confused. So. Isn't it insane to listen to him? Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know what he says most of the time, but I just it's really cool. So yeah, it's it's. You know, it's kind of like watching science uh, and and stuff. I'm just not really very smart, obviously, sure. but uh, he is, so that's awesome. And, and I know that it means important and good things for our Gopher football team. Well, and it's got to be really cool to be able to bring like something that you're passionate about and that happens to be your career to one of your favorite hobbies or pastimes, bringing that into Gopher football. So uh, the guy's got a gift, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I don't want to call him gifted, but um, but he's definitely got a gift. So uh, glad to have you back on the pod. Uh, it sounds like you're stationary. You're not uh, driving around Prior Lake, which was uh, sort of your calling card last year. You're uh, you're not mobile tonight. No, my uh, my oldest is now 16 and has a vehicle, so I don't have to go pick up the girls from dance. So I am uh, I'm sitting on my couch after an extremely long day at work and watching some some meaningless twins baseball and and eating dinner so what a better way to spend a, a late evening right right well let's let's start out with a couple of things so first of all I did notice uh, on Twitter I can't I think it was for the uh, Fresno State game that you were in attendance at TCF Bank Stadium I was yeah one of the guys that I coach baseball with um, knows that my son, is an insane gopher fan, um, which is which is awesome. I mean, I, I I love gopher sports. My son is insanely in love with gopher sports, which is probably awesome because we, obviously we probably would be much more insightful than me. <laughs> uh, but um, he, uh, 
so my buddy Craig um, approached him Friday night and said, hey, Joe, I've got two tickets for you. Tell your dad he's taking you. So, uh, yeah, great. so it worked out. It was awesome. It was a great night for a game and obviously a, a super fun game to, yeah. to be at and to watch. Um, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr., just be Antoine Winfield Jr., and, and to see some of these young guys up close and personal and, and, and you know, and we'll get more into it, I'm sure, but just, um, you know, see the, the things that people are excited about firsthand. So I don't get to go to a lot of games. Uh, um, so to be able to see Anikstad and these young receivers and, and this youth that Fleck has, you know, that close um, <clears throat> was, was awesome. And it, it got me even more excited about, about the future. Good. Uh, pretty pretty decent atmosphere, in your opinion, for a night game? Uh, yeah, I thought so. I mean, obviously, um, you'd always like to see the place packed. I thought the students represented pretty well. Um, I was on the Fresno State side, uh, probably about the 30-ish yard line, I don't know, six, five or six rows up, and had a real mixture of, of Gopher fans and Fresno fans, some older Fresno fans in front of us who were really good sports and were kind of fun. And um, had uh, actually had a two two guys who were in front of me. One was an Ohio State fan, one was a Michigan fan, and they brought their three. You know, they have three kids between them that they brought, and they're traveling and they're trying to go to take their boys to a game at every Big Ten stadium before their oldest, the oldest one, turns eighteen. Wow! So they've been they've been to Michigan State. Um, I didn't catch where, but they're going to somewhere else this year, and they were also obviously at TCF. So that was cool. It was a lot of fun uh, to to kind of hear them talk about the stadium and what they thought, and they seemed to really be enjoying it. So, um, you know, obviously we'd love a packed house, but I I thought it was all right. I thought the crowd was pretty into it. Nice. Good, good. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. We've uh, we've talked a few times here on the podcast about how we're happy to have levels back for the uh, end of third quarter song. And um, so that's been good. And then, obviously, uh, Purple Lamborghini back for kickoffs, which is awesome. Uh, kind of pumps the crowd up, and people are got used to that last year, so that was fun. Well, hey, I know you've, uh, you've, you've got a background in, in some of the recruiting, and um, I want to ask you a little bit. We've had Gobi on here a couple times to talk about some of the youngsters uh, in specifically, but give me some just general thoughts on, you know, just – the youth of this team and um, how you think things are playing out so far um, as we've gotten through the, the non-conference schedule. I mean, obviously I think you have to start with Anikstad. I mean, how, you know, he still makes mistakes. I mean, he still obviously is a freshman and, you know, I, I hate as much as you, we all know he's a walk on. We, I think we all hate the fact that everybody, every time people come on TV, they have to point it out because we all know he's, he's not really a walk on, but um or at least a walk-on caliber player, and but um, you have to be excited about some of the things you see with him. Um, you you have to live with with the freshman mistakes and the fact that he hasn't quite figured out the touch on some of the long passes and some of that. But but you can see you can see that all the tools are there, and, and that's super exciting. I mean, boy, he makes some of those long throws, and you can see you know give him five or six games and, and give him into next year when he's really had a full year in the program. Um, uh, it's obvious that that you know Fleck and, and his staff knew what they were doing, and it's it's exciting to see a quarterback finally taking snaps for the Gophers, who you know gives us some hope. I mean, he's you know the first one since what the the first game of the Philip Nelson era, who, who I've had any any real hope in, right? Uh, and that only lasted that that only lasted for what you know 
uh, well, a game, basically. Right. So, um, uh, and then you see these receivers, and man, uh, um, the, uh, it, it just goes to prove that they really know what they're talking about. I mean, Ottman Bell, um, you know, has had his moments, and, and Bateman is is clearly going to be an exciting player. And, you know, um, against Fresno, they weren't able, they didn't really open up Bryce Williams. I mean, he wore some things down at the end and, and, and you can see there was stuff there, but now in the, you know, again, in the last game, they were able to do some more things with him and, and get him running outside the tackles. And that's really exciting to see. Um, and just overall, it's so exciting to feel like they've got a group of coaches who can recruit and we don't have to rely on, you know, finding the sleepers like that was, uh, you know, we did with Kill. It was always, always, oh, we've got this sleeper. We've got these guys, these guys who can recruit these guys nobody knows about. Well, Flex obviously recruiting guys that people know about, and you see that with Bateman, and you see it with some of these other guys that have come in, and it just makes me, it makes me more excited for what they're doing in the future because they're proving now. I mean, in in really in one class. Um, in a full class, you know, the full year, what what they're able to do, um, it's it just blows my mind to think about what these kids are going to be like in three or four years. I totally agree. It's it, obviously we're excited about the talent, and I think you know, just you you see flashes of the potential with with these different players. You know, Terrell Smith on the defensive side of the ball has been oh yeah ridiculous, <laughs> and Anixted for the situation that he's sort of been thrown into um, has really, you know, stayed poised and, and uh, done really well with the situation. How, how do you see things? I mean, obviously we've got a weird game with Maryland this week. Um, I just got done talking with Graham Barry, um, who's a, a Maryland student and part of the journalism class and on the Armchair All-Americans Network. I'm doing some blogging and, you know, it, it doesn't even really sound like Maryland fans quite know what to expect at this point. Um, but, but what are your thoughts? I mean, three games in three wins. Um, I think the Gophers pretty much handled their business as far as the non-conference is concerned. What are, what's your outlook for the, for the conference schedule? Um, and well, that's the hard part. Cause, you know, right now the big 10 looks down across the board. I mean, um, you know, there's no game right now that I'd say they definitely can't win other than maybe Ohio State. I mean, but you just never know. I mean, I, you have to assume Wisconsin's going to bounce back. And we know that Maryland has some talent, but, you know, is everything going on there enough of a distraction? And it certainly seems to be so far that, that they're going to be able to to bounce back from. Um, I don't see any reason that they're not going to end up in a bowl game at this, at this point, but... Um, there's obviously enough young people or enough young players on the team. Um, and there's going to, you're going to find some growing pains somewhere. Um, the, you know, I, I don't, I don't expect them that they're going to really, in all reality, contend for the West this year. I still think, unfortunately, I hate saying it, Wisconsin is still, excuse me, the class of the West, but you know, it looks like Purdue's having some sophomore slump under, uh, under their new coach. So, uh, you know, I, I could see them, you know, I don't think, seven or eight wins is unrealistic at all. Now I think, you know, eight's probably the top right now, unless obviously NXT really matures quickly, but um, I think that defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. Yeah, I, I agree. It, you know, it's, uh, I was sort of, I talked about it earlier in the year and, and with Jeffrick, you know, this team 
is so young, and I think one of the things that makes me nervous, I mean, we obviously got younger when, when Rodney Smith went down, um, is just the length of the season and, and how much time and how many hours these guys are going to have into football coming right out of their high school careers. Um, I worry a little bit about burnout late in the season, so I'm I, I'm still uh, really hopeful to see us uh, make hay early in the season. This game against Maryland um, looks like it's ripe uh, for us to take. It'll be an important test for these youngsters going on the road for the first time, and um, you know, getting uh, in some Big Ten competition. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think um, you know, there's no reason this shouldn't be a bowl team at this point. Um, there are plenty of games on this schedule that that look winnable. We'll certainly learn a lot more over the next couple of weeks as we get into the Big Ten schedule and everybody starts playing um, conference opponents. Um, so definitely appreciate you coming on and uh, chatting with us a little bit about Gopher football. Last question. Uh, don't know if you saw it last night on Twitter, but I did uh, pose a question about uh, that I really wanted your opinion on. I thought that you'd be a, a good person to ask this. How good would a uh, office spinoff based on Creed Bratton be? Oh, um, I don't know that there would be a better office spinoff than Creed. Uh, I, I'd be a hundred percent behind it. And where, take my money. Where do I need to put it to uh, to make this happen? Should we start? Should we start some sort of GoFundMe to make this happen? Um, I love it. I love it. We you know, let's, my, let's do this. They've got so many office reruns on uh, Comedy Central now, and my wife and I tend to watch it from time to time and I just find myself any Creed scene I just I'm like I never realized how funny he was it's just it's like when you rewatch the Big Lebowski and you always kind of find something new that's funny like Creed is that thing that I discover rewatching The Office and I just think it's hilarious so anyways I knew you'd uh, I knew you'd be into that I appreciate your support on this one yeah like I said let, let me know where I need to send my money um, yeah he's his just Kind of low key, dry sense of humor. Um, it just it just made that show, and there's so much that was over the top. Yeah, yeah. my I just, my my daughter, uh, my 16 year old, likes to watch The Office, so she um, a lot of times I'll come downstairs and she'll be watching reruns, and we'll sit down <laughs> and watch. You know, we'll all of a sudden look and we watched three hours worth of Office yes. Office episodes. So nice. yeah, it's uh, it's it's great. I nice. love it. Let's do it. All right. Well, hey, thanks for joining us again. Uh, we appreciate your insight. I'm sure we'll have you back on this season. And uh, go Gophers, and let me know next time you're at a game, okay? Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, go Gophers. Give Jeffrick my love. And, uh, you know, thanks, everybody. You know I will. <laughs> Take an All Wrong podcast. Uh, we will be right back. Stumbling, fumbling back into taking all wrong podcast. Uh, time for us to chat a little bit about Maryland, Jeffrick, as the Gophers head into Big Ten play here for 2018. And um, I don't know another way to say it. I think Graham uh, was a little was a little um, perplexed about who Maryland is or what Maryland is going to be in this game. This is an interesting one. I, I, I don't know what to make of, uh, of heading into this game. I uh, will mention again that uh, Taken All Wrong and all of the podcasts of, a lot around the Armchair All-Americans Network are brought to you by MyBookie. 
Go to my bookie, use the promo code wrong twenty five, and get an extra twenty five dollar bonus on top of your uh, your already matched uh, deposit of a hundred dollars. Uh, it's my bookie promo code wrong twenty five. Spread currently heading into this Maryland game is minus three. Opened up as a, a minus one, Maryland minus one, one and a half. Very quickly moved to minus three. Whether that was a uh, you know early money coming in or whether it was uh, just a correction, uh, that line moved and has stayed steady pretty much um, since that time. Haven't seen any movement on that. So Gophers are favored at my uh, Gophers are excuse me Gophers are underdogs at Maryland minus three. Traditional wisdom is that. Uh, the home team basically gets three points. So, in essence, the odds makers here are saying if this was played on a neutral field, this is a pick'em game. Uh, they, you would, uh, there would be zero basically favorite in this case. So, uh, I don't think Vegas knows what to make of this game either, Jeff Rick. Nobody does. Like you read a bit of the um, Maryland blogs today and kind of earlier in the week, and that their tempo game was just weird i don't know how else to say it i mean look texas isn't great this year but that's still a quality win beating texas right in the opener um and then come back and win the next week and then they just temple who was 0-2 going into that game just thumped them right and i get that three starting linemen were out but i believe they were missing two of those starting linemen for the opener texas and they still ran the ball fine and won um credit i guess you know good scheming and game planning from uh from temple to say that they were just going to take the run game away and make maryland beat them passing and they couldn't do it but just really strange they've got that going the dj durkin thing is hovering around them i think you said there's supposed to be you know a decision on that coming still here on friday hard to know too with the allegations does the team even want Durkin back how many of the guys do I mean he's he's suspended due to you know over discipline or some uh, unnecessary stuff call it what you want as far as how he handled the team um it's just a really weird situation it's tough to get a handle on this I mean if the Maryland from last week shows up the Gophers should have no problem if it's the team from a couple weeks earlier and they're fired up by all the stuff happening and the loss it it's really tough to get a handle on this one Agree. Durkin, uh, yes, that does look like the uh, findings, I guess, of of uh, of that investigation are supposed to come out Friday. So, so one day before the game, how that will affect things, who knows? Um, you know, obviously, a very strange situation there, and and who knows if Durkin keeps his job? Probably this day and age, especially, uh, very difficult to see him keeping his job, but. Maryland does come into this game. They are a top 25 rushing offense in the country. Uh, they are averaging about 240 yards per game, to uh, just a shade under 240 yards per game. Um, and they run the ball over 40 times a game. So, you know, certainly a big part of their offense coming into this game. I don't know. You know, Graham asked me, and I wasn't – I guess I hadn't given it a ton of thought, but – you know, with uh, with them wanting to run the ball so much, what do you think of our uh, of our defensive line uh, being up up to that task? We've, you know, we've been in mostly situations this year where we've been able to play ahead a little bit, and teams have uh, tried to pass on us. But you know, how do you think we hold up against a team that wants to to run that much? Yeah, that's the other thing, right? We're going to find out. New Mexico State like just out and out refused to run the ball, and then Fresno ran it a bit, but they were more of the passing game team. 
Uh, and then Miami, Ohio did a lot of the same thing last week where it was mostly a, a passing team. So we really haven't got a good taste of what a team who wants to just line up and, um, you know, run the ball down your throat, uh, how we're going to respond to that. Um, it's it's nice to get the three games in for kind of the line to get their feet wet, since especially a tackle. We've got some, uh, besides Gary Moore, some new guys in there trying to play and get going and uh, the linebackers there. So, yeah. Based on what we've seen, right, we have to be impressed. And I know the pessimist or someone else would say, hey, you know, this is what we had last year, and then it kind of fell apart on us. But, um, yeah, I, I like our chances in this one at least. And if it's a thing where, look, let's force them to beat us passing, we've proven we can slow down a, a decent passing game, right? So right. Uh, if they can do some things and Rob Smith can scheme to, you know, to take that running game away a bit and let them – make them throw then i've got to say i like like our chances but again it's all based on what we've seen and it's hard to know from either side exactly what we're getting right for what it's worth um you know the gophers uh from a rush defense standpoint have not given up 100 yards in any game yet this year miami of ohio uh rushed for 91 fresno state uh rushed for 87 new mexico state as you said didn't even hardly throw the ball ran for uh 38 yards and the Gophers do rank uh, in the top 10, number six in the country right now, as far as yards per game, uh, total defense, uh, excuse me, rushing defense, giving up 72 yards a game. So, you know, from, from that stat, stat standpoint, uh, it does look like a good rushing defense, and maybe that's a good matchup for us. But as we said, uh, circumstances being what we are, the um, competition that each of these teams have played, I think uh, still a lot of question marks but uh you know it does look like this is a team at least that that um has some of the ability to stop the run that that we need to see heading into big 10 play and certainly maryland uh will be a test of that um you know as far as uh their offensive line um you know playing into that equation uh you know graham mentioned those three offensive linemen still questionable for this week uh and this is tuesday night as as you're listening to this uh we're recording tuesday night um so you know just uh, again i i just it's weird to say it's, i feel like it's weird to say for a minnesota team coming out of the non-conference but especially a team that's got so many freshmen on the field but i almost feel like maybe we know a little bit more about minnesota at this point because everybody's played and, and we're not under the turmoil and um, you know, Maryland is just a wild card right now. Again, as you mentioned, came out, beat a Texas team that was ranked at the time um, in their opener, uh, rolled over Bowling Green, uh, ran like crazy over Bowling Green, and then uh, inexplicably, um, a word I apparently can't say today, uh, just comes out and cannot run the ball against Temple. And uh, as Graham said, just Temple was able to get guys in the backfield and uh, and really disrupt what Maryland wanted to do running the ball so hopefully uh, we see a lot of activity from the likes of Blake Cashman and Carter Coughlin um, uh, just a lot of disruption and uh, getting some tackles for loss in that run game um, I don't know Jeffrey do you, do you even want to uh, venture a guess as far as um, as far as a, a prediction or a score of this game I will mention that uh, the the over under for this game right now is 46 and a half which uh, wow, uh, it seems like an interesting number. But uh, do you want to give a prediction? Do you have a, a thought on this? 
I will I just want to say, for, and by the way, we expected the low-scoring game last year, and I think Maryland won 31-24 and a lot more scoring than we expected, so it's right. tough to say. Uh, but this, you and I had talked in the preseason about pivotal games, and I think you had called this one more than I did, but th- this is a big game for Minnesota, and maybe it's just as much perception as anything else, but um, we got that Fresno State game. You're coming in 3-0. and If they can beat Maryland, suddenly you're sitting 4-0 and with two weeks to prepare for Iowa. Um, Northwestern not off to a great start. Nebraska's in real trouble uh, Trouble so far. We'll see when they get their quarterback back. Um, you know, the rest of the, the division that hasn't looked superb, and suddenly you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself if you are 4-0 heading into a bye week. Whereas if we lose, it's going to be hard not to do the, oh, man, here we go again thing, you know, where we, we started off great in the non-conference, and then it's fallen apart to start the season. So, I mean, really, this is a big, big game, a lot of, obviously, for the standings, but for um, for perception issue, and boy, to get bowl eligible, you get to 4-0, and I mean, 6 isn't guaranteed, but you're you're almost all the way there, you know, we're not even into October yet. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I've said this a whole bunch, I, I just still think this team needs to win early in the season, this looks like a winnable game. Um, you know, albeit the the first time for these young guys, some of these young guys to go on the road, and it's a, a pretty longest road trip that they'll take this year, other than uh, potentially a bowl game. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is important. You you win this game, uh, you're four and zero, one and zero in the Big Ten, and then you get a week off to heal up, uh, two weeks to prepare to host Iowa um, and fight for the Floyd of Rosedale uh, Trophy. So. Um, uh, you know, I do think that this is a pivotal game. I, I hate to say it's a, a must win or anything like that. But uh, again, I think you, you got to get this team to six wins. And uh, this is certainly a game and a, a circumstance where uh, it's a good opportunity to take advantage of a Maryland team that uh, might be starting to feel the effects of uh, some of the turmoil that's going on around them. So, um, you know, I think uh, I, I think we're probably going to see. A, uh, I don't know about a high-scoring game, but I, I would wouldn't be surprised at all if we see something like last year. You know, in the in the twenties, low thirties uh, for both teams. So, you know, I certainly uh, am going to take the Gophers in this one, especially uh, with that spread of minus three. Um, but you know, I I think the I think the Gophers win this game by a touchdown and uh, come home and uh, get a week off. What do you think? That's what I think, too. I mean, Anikstead, we're just going to assume he's healthy. Uh, You know, Flex probably not going to tell us either way, but it it sounded like, you know, they pulled him more in that New Mexico State, or sorry, the Miami game just as a precaution more than anything else. But look, if he's healthy, they've been able to move the ball. Tyler Johnson's been a monster. Maybe this is a Rashad Bateman game where he has, you know, another big one on the other side of things. Um, Williams is there. We've got Ibrahim back. It's going to be the defense you got to think is fired up for this one, too, because it's really a, a big test for them in the first conference game. Why not? Minnesota's covered the spread in each of their three games and did it easily last week and even against Fresno. Um, I'm kind of sitting where you're at. I like a 27-21-ish kind of uh, you know game for the Gophers. It's one of those ones where it's so hard to predict and know, but based on what we're seeing here, what you know, why not say that Minnesota puts a couple up on the board and and comes home four and zero, right? And you know, who knows? You know, I I hate to be the we kept it vanilla in the non conference because I think we I think we did a lot of things from a non conference standpoint that we don't typically see 
from Minnesota teams, but um, you know it will be interesting to see if we um, start to see some different wrinkles in the offense as we as we get into Big Ten play. So, well, we did it. We got through the non-conference. Uh, we are heading into Big Ten play. The Gophers have their first road game this week. Heading out to Maryland, as we talked about, they are uh, three-point underdogs at this point in the game, but a lot of turmoil for a Maryland team that um, has a lot of talent and uh, has been uh, toward the top of the mountain this year, beating a team like Texas that they weren't supposed to beat and uh, also are in a bit of a valley at the moment, having just lost uh, badly to Temple. Um, So we will see what happens as the Gophers... uh, head out east this week um thanks again everybody for listening we appreciate you following along make sure to check us out uh on twitter i am at jd mill uh he is at kilpatrick jeff one you can also find us by utilizing the hashtag topod that's t-a-w pod and of course find us on the armchair all americans network Uh, Be sure to share the podcast with your friends, and uh, what the heck, go ahead and listen to the podcast twice this week. We'd appreciate it. Uh, So thanks again for coming along. Jeffrey, take us out. Stay classy. Go Gophers. Roll the boat. Sky you mountain.